2: I'm terrified at the moral apathy, the death of the heart which is happening in my country. These people have deluded themselves for so long that they really don't think I'm human. I'd this on their conduct, not on what they say. And this means that they have become in themselves moral monsters. Well, Jim, I can see- That's a terrible indictment. Yes. uh, I mean every word I say. Well,
3: we are confronted with the racial confrontation in America today. I think the pictures of dogs in the hands of human beings attacking other human beings. In a free country. In a free country. In the middle
2: of the 20th century.
3: This Birmingham, clearly not restricted to Birmingham as you so eloquently pointed out. What do you think can be done to change, to use your term, the moral fiber of America?
4: We are the real Americans. We're the only ones that didn't volunteer for this fucking experiment. You made us do it. You put us at a wild disadvantage, and you blame us for it constantly, and we're still beautiful. We really are. We're a moral compass. Like Baldwin said many years before we ever were born, we are America's moral compass. We're the original fuck-up of this country. Nah, well, shout-out to the Native Americans, my bad natives. Yes, wanna...
5: but, do you, but you did say that we, you know, we were dragged here and chose not to be here, and I think that adds a little bit of nuance to it. And
4: because we, we, told... we have no recourse. This is our home. This is our only point of reference, and we love each other more than any tribe loves each other because, well, we're all in this predicament. To a black American nigger is another way of saying me too. I'm from the same struggle. Me too, nigga, me too, me too, me too. That's why we say it to each other and why people need to just shh. Welcome to the Midnight Miracle.
5: to be lied to, it's okay to admit that you got lied to, but when you continue to push the lie just because of your ego, your ego doesn't want to let go of the fact that it's bruised by the people who are gracious enough to share the truth with you, you're doing the same thing as the wrong person.
4: Uh, In fact, to Kwalee's point, this idea of brazen unrepentance, that's white people. To me, that's the hokey pokey right there. Like, you niggas is perpetuating this lie because the enormity of the wrong is too much to bear.
6: But the enormity of not correcting the wrong is even larger. They can't even talk about
4: correcting it. Think about that conversation. Like when Elizabeth Warren said, we should start discussing reparations.
6: Word, bitch. You want to say that out loud? How much
4: parade?
6: They said it out loud with Japan. They said it out loud with Germany. They said it in hushed tones with the Native American community. This is not a novel idea.
5: Now, y'all saying the same thing, but y'all approaching it from a moral, spiritual place that, that Dick is saying they don't have. It's not sustainable. Whether, whether they have it or not, if they don't get it,
6: then there's a consequence for that.
4: The only way you could repair that is if you let us do that to you.
6: And we would never. No, not necessarily.
4: Yes, I'm telling you. We would never. We would never do that as a group. If they think they're going to do that to us for 400 years and then peel a few 20s off the knot and be like, we good? Fuck out of here. No,
6: no, of course. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that either. And I think that's the first thing that they may be thinking about is to try to just satiate it with some money. Oh, you know, Black Lives Matter. Okay, now we got to, you know, do our diversity check and make sure that everything is uh, looking good on paper and appearing to be equitable cosmetically. But there are other changes that the country has to make in order to really, really prosper. And empires fail. States fail. The fact that the American leadership thinks that it happens to everybody else, that it's happened to better civilizations and societies than America is at this point, hubris, you know, is crumbling now. And people who are, like, trying to patch up the holes by saying... You know, like these little kind of surface things. Statues and the like. Yeah. Or go vote, which is, you know, okay, that may be one part of the solution, but that's not like, it's not like a remote control type of thing where you just hit this button and everything is just restored. It's it's going to take some recognition on the part of people who have benefited systemically to just be like, you know what? It's fucked up and we need to fix
5: it. There's an ongoing debate in mostly online but in some factions of black communities about whether or not reparations if given to black people in America should solely be given to people who descended from enslaved people or do people who immigrated here and still deal with systemic racism from the slave days black people who immigrated here are they also eligible for this supposed reparations that might happen
7: I don't know dog like uh I recently found out my family history so you're mostly white now? <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm Chinese. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, 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 no. In my mother's case, what was found out was that my great-great-great-grandfather was technically the last slave. There was a coin flip, and he was chosen long after Juneteenth. Like, it, it was still happening on the low. Gets to America, and, you know, of course, the captors, kidnappers were arrested and he's stuck here in America. And it's like, well, you know, can I get a ride back? And they're like, uh, no, you fuck. <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> he's in Alabama, so he starts Africatown. If you know, there's Africatown in Alabama. So technically, that is not the case on that side of the family.
4: This explains your um, your work ethic.
7: Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all making sense now. No, he, it's on record. Like, he borrowed $17,000 from nearby Benin residents who were freed slaves and was told that he could purchase the plantation that he was supposed to be a slave at. And instead, his decision was, let me organize Africatown and we could live like we used to live back in Benin in our practice and everything. It's technically still Africatown, even though it's dilapidated.
4: So wait, your great-grandfather was kidnapped from Africa, couldn't get back and said, I'll just build Africa here? (laughs) 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 <laughs>
7: <laughs> the two the two, uh, landowners were kind of angry At the fact that free labor had ended And then there was a guy that had a boat And was basically like, well, you know I got the hookup, I got a small boat I can only do 400 They go to Benin, they talk to the king's son He's like, yo, we're in civil war right now With uh, Nigeria Some other white people Right, we got 5,000, you need 5,000? He's like, no, 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 I only need 400 So he's like, well, I got a small boat So just give me anyone. And the thing is, this is how social media is real. The only reason why I know this story is because all these details are in the captain's log. He wrote down everything.
4: Oh, this so, is amazing.
7: So, yeah, it's in papers if you look it up. They just—it was a coin toss. I'll tell you how. So his thing was like, I can only hold four hundred people. So just give me anyone under the age of fourteen. So they kidnapped four hundred kids under the age of fourteen. They're kidnapped, so they're crying. Wah, 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 wah. So then they're like, ah, no, nah, that's not going to work. I need somebody to control them because we only got six of us on the ship. So give me, take 20 back and give me the women so that they can be maternal and, and comfort them. And, of course, you kidnap the women. They're, like, crying. Well, you know, I'm being kidnapped. What the fuck? And then he was like, damn, I need some money in control.
4: This captain really likes quiet on his boat. <laughs>
7: <laughs> and so then he says, give me the biggest, tallest person here. And they look and look. and You with the drumsticks. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> so, my great 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 grandfather is six foot five, was 50 years old and childless. So, I'm not even a, a thought yet because he's childless at 50, six foot five, and they chose him to watch over them. I believe that 18 did not survive in the trip back. They get to the coast of Florida, and the thing is, is that because slavery is illegal, the UK sees having slaves sort of like as uh, like you having cocaine in the car. It's contraband, yeah. Like, not a moral issue, like, that's wrong, but more, it's illegal. Contraband. So, <clears throat> rear view mirror, they pull the boat over, and he has like 45 minute lead time, because it's, it's boat's going five miles an hour. He destroys the steamboat, tries to hide them on a nearby farm. They get busted, and then the captain's like, well, these guys made me do it. And the guy's like, no, he made us do it. So then they snitched on each other in court. This became a big thing in the papers. There's like eight or nine articles on it in different gazettes around the country. And meanwhile, my great-great-great-grandfather's like, well, what do we do? And they're like, can we have this land since we're not doing anything? And they said, no, you could buy it, but we're not going to give it to you. And it just so happens that there were fellow Nigerian and Benin people in Alabama. And he borrowed money from those who were free and purchased what we know as Africatown. In Mobile, Alabama.
4: That is gangster.
7: It's a hilarious idea that he was the last slave. I don't know why. They, <laughs> I don't know why we
4: didn't just surprise no one stuck their toe in that.
7: This June Juneteenth, but still, like you know, they were still trying. Well, he to... was
6: like the last slave in America. You mean. Yeah,
4: yeah, like the last one kidnapped.
7: <laughs> there could have been further. Like it's it's on record that there have been other attempts to try to smuggle in slaves and workers from Africa long after slavery was over, but it's like a handful of accounts.
4: This is, that's a wild, that's a wild
0: story. But you, that means your family would have spent the least time in slavery.
7: Yes, my whole point of bringing that whole right, story right, up right, right. <laughs> was would I benefit from that? You get a check. Yes, you get, you definitely get a check. There was a
4: kidnapping involved, he had the quiet children the whole trip. <laughs> Give right. this guy something too. <laughs> Just, Just, Just asking.
6: I agree.
4: That's why we say it to each other and white people need to just...
7: LL also was in a rare situation where none of his descendants were slaves. His
5: family arrived here as free people, and so does LL get reparations if they're given out?
7: Yes, yes,
0: yes. I mean, you still even from that time, whatever, the is silence, silence went to Whether the they
5: room were slaves. <laughs> <or> <laughs> not, <laughs> the I mean, was- I, I, I. On principle, I agree with Raheem, but these this is a real argument that's been happening. I don't know Raheem; he's really light skinned.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, L.O. gets a check.
0: Yeah, right. Does his family, from that point on, even if they weren't in slavery, were they on equal footing with the white man? Absolutely were they not. able to to because of slavery. in slavery society as free people for real? But Fault
7: the you know. other point is that you know my father's side of the family, yeah, total one hundred percent. You know, I don't even know their family name. So, yes, on my father's side of the family in South Carolina. there's a mountain of
6: receipts. I think another thing to bring up, too, is that everybody that's dark-skinned in America or not fair or pale-skinned in America that's not European is not necessarily African either. You know, a lot of the native people or the aboriginal, original people in America look a lot like you and I do... Right now. All right. Well, how about this? My son
4: is half Asian. Does he get a check?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
4: I just wanted to hear you guys say it. Remember you said that. (laughs) Son, don't worry about it. You get a check.
0: But if we were given land... How many of us would actually tend that land and start a government there as opposed to the life we have the luxury of living in an American society?
5: And that's the other part of the question is that they're also saying, should reparations just be cut a check? Give me cash now or education, land, health care, taxes, elimination of debt. I do
4: feel like it's pretty unfair to be taxing a fellow like me the way they do.
6: Or anybody that's a descendant of people who was such a bulwark to the United States of America's economy for such a long time. I mean, just consider how much money would any of us have at the end of six months to a year of not having to pay for labor.
0: And the corporations that are still in existence that are founded on the backs of slaves. If you were a drug lord and then started a legitimate business and they could track your money back to your drug activities, that legitimate business would be seized also. Oh, you mean the everybody, everybody else? It would be Rockefeller Records. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you, the, the, the list is long. Name them all. Every business in America started off. That's over. the point. That's why we got to get the land and get the government. They, they've lost the right to govern us. You lost the right. Well, because they abused the power.
4: Like from the very beginning, (laughs) before there was a constitution where
6: they were like, fuck these people. (laughs) There's an unwillingness to address that wrongdoing, even with the Native Americans. I mean, you know, just leave them alone. This whole thing with the Dakota Pipeline is like it's an egregious act committed against nature, but also a group of people who've already been completely misused by this political system. So they repair it or show the willingness to repair it at their own and everyone else's benefit, and they choose to ignore it at their own peril. The people who have been subject to this type of mistreatment and abuse will be in better shape on the other side of history and the descendants as well than the oppressors who turn a blind eye to their actions. The universe, it just don't work that way, you know? Civilizations crumble, and we've only seen them crumble like in the pages of history books, but we've never seen it.
4: Crumble in real time, yeah.
6: And I think that's the beginnings of what we're seeing right now is, the, you know, the fall of an empire.
7: Then are we ready to have the conversation? Are we ready to live in a non-capitalist society? I think we have
6: to at least explore that option for, this, you know, for the sake of our own human survival.
7: Let's all... Let's all take into account what our occupations are. I just
4: got off the phone with my accountant. She said, no, don't do it.
5: (laughs) (laughs) We all live and work in a capitalist system, and we pay taxes, and we pay in and invest in the system, and we're all complicit in all the evils and ills of capitalism by just how we live. But I think creatives, just how we barter with each other it's possible for us to move further away from capitalism. It's easier for us as creatives than the average working class person.
4: I traded Banksy a show for a painting. Best piece of commerce I ever did.
0: Your value would sustain. It's just the system that it's in doesn't dictate the value of what you bring to the table. In any system, what you do would be valued and you would be able to trade on that in any environment. If you're in a capitalist system that's unfair... That's not everyone doesn't have equal access and equal opportunity. Then it really isn't capitalism
5: or is it oppression?
4: Same thing often. Uh, Wow, yeah, that's Mm. a good point.
5: Same thing often.
6: It's a very good point.
4: Yeah, everyone in China is Chinese.
6: There are examples that have been established for how we can live and be different in terms of a system. It may not be... Commonplace right now, but I think it would become more commonplace in the future. Like certainly, in my sons and daughters' generation, I think those they're having those type of conversations now. They're having conversations about you know, living on the land and permaculture and and all of these sorts of things, and having a low carbon footprint and all of that. And I don't think those are just you know things that they're just talking about to to look good with their peers. They're, they're real concerns that they have. So I think there is an alternative. I think that a lot of people are afraid to adapt to something that they don't know. Even if what they know, in their gut, they know it's not working. You know, I think people are, uh, like that book that I mentioned. The Change of Habit. The Change in Habit by Arnold Twainby, The Challenge of Our Time. I think the states are in a habit of war and conflict. And I think that socially people in America are in a habit of confrontation, you know, and uh, argument and just being disagreeable and isolated and I think they're habits that can be changed. You know, it takes 40 days to break or build a new habit. I think that collectively as a country and a lot of places in the world, you know, we have to start taking an inventory of what really matters, how we treat ourselves, how we treat each other. Do you think that this current COVID situation is the beginning of possibly people
4: in mass taking said inventory? I do. I think so too. I do. I think that this could be like...
6: I thought about it the other day. It occurred to me. This could be a very, it's a turning point. It could be good or bad. I think it has positive elements and I think it has negative elements, but I think that there are a lot of people who are doing some really encouraging and good works all the time. You know, we're talking about human nature too. I think it's the part of human nature is to, to triumph, uh, against trouble and to transcend the people a lot stronger than they really know. I don't think that people in America specifically are uh, really get a lot of opportunity collectively to um to exercise the higher parts of themselves. I think they're incentivized to be like, you know, cynical, isolated, crude. I think they're awarded and applauded for that type of behavior. I think social media certainly um highlights that.
3: Jim, what do you see deep in the recesses of your own mind as the future of our nation? And I ask that question in that way because I think that the future of the Negro and the future of the nation are linked. They're insoluble. Now, what do you see? Uh, Are you essentially optimistic? or pessimistic, and I really don't want to put words in your mouth because what I really want to find out is
2: what you really believe. Well, I'm both glad and sorry you asked me that question, but I'll do my best to answer it. I can't be a pessimist because I'm alive. To be a pessimist means that you have agreed that human life is an academic matter. So I'm forced to be an optimist. I'm forced to believe that we can survive whatever we must survive. But the Negro in this country, the, black voice is the, voice of God. the future of the Negro in this country is precisely as bright or as dark as the future of the country. It is entirely up to the American people and our representatives. It is entirely up to the American people whether or not they're going to face and deal with and embrace this stranger whom they malign so long. What white people have to do is try to find out in their own hearts why it was necessary to have a nigger in the first place. Because I'm not a nigger. I'm a man. But if you think I'm a nigger, it means you need it. The question you got to ask yourself, the white population of this country's got to ask itself, North and South, because it's one country. And for a Negro, there is no difference in the North and the South. There's just you no know, difference in the way they, in a way they castrate you. But that's, but the fact of the castration is the American fact. If I'm not the nigger here, and though you invented him, you, the white people invented him, then you got to find out why. Well. And the future of the country depends on that, whether or not it's able to ask that question.
3: As a Negro, and as an American, I can only hope that America has the strength and the capacity the moral strength to ask and answer that question in affirmative to face and
4: constructive that question, way.
2: To face that question.
4: Thank you very much. Thank Jim. you, Captain. Here's the good news. They were able to shut down Earth for a sustainable amount of time, which means we love each other. We care about each other and we consider each other more than I ever thought would be possible. Before this, if you had told me we can shut down Earth for 12 weeks, I would never believe it. I would have thought that an insane person told me that, and people did it, not even for themselves. They would not be personally afraid. to be like, well, I'm not going to kill my grandmother. I'm not going to kill my mother. I'm not going to... Whatever the fuck it was. We love each other more than we think, and we got to find a way to put our dukes down in this season and actually figure something out like actually get to the bottom of something, like South Africa with Truth and Reconciliation. They stretched, it was unprecedented in human history by every metric that history taught us, the end of apartheid should have been a bloodbath and they averted it. A bishop, Desmond Tutu and, and, and Mandela who had been locked up in, in, in a fucking cage in Robbins Island, they averted disaster and all of human history has an example now of averting said disasters. Let's fix it.